This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Music out on me, Kellen. Yeah, I like that tune. Could get we to the little, little guitar solo here. there. Sultan's <laughs> the swing is that's one of the cleanest guitar solos that you're like. Is that a steel guitar they play? He has a different sound, and, and I think it's the, just how, how he has it. On the, on the cover of Brother at Arms, I think is a steel guitar. You usually know these. Yeah, things. But that's not Brother's Arms. That's that's from like 1980. That that one is not on Brother's yeah, Arms. That, that's early they, Dire Straits. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Mark Early Knopf- Dire Straits. Mark Knopfler. Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Najee Harris. We've talked a lot. Sure. We've, we've, we've spent hours talking about Najee Before Harris. Before he was even a Steeler. Before he was even a Steeler, we talked about Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, touchdown Wire has a uh, – This was pretty good, it looked like. Yeah. I'm going to dig into it more tonight. but It's a piece on – it's titled, How Najee Harris Will Be Successful Behind the Steelers' Redefined Offensive Line. Mm-hmm. The writer is uh, Lori Fitzpatrick. I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with yeah. her. I actually used to write for these guys. Doug Farrar is in charge. Um, he does great work. Yeah. And his number one dude is Mark Schofield, who I know real well. He does great work. So uh, I, I respect them. I'm, I'm interested to learn more about her because this is a good piece. And uh, she's good people that have hired her, obviously. Yeah. Um, the only thing The only thing that I would uh, mention – on this, she says. So, uh, she said the Steelers lost three starters from the, in the offseason, of course, from center left. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. So she says right now here's their offensive line, and she has Hassenauer starting at center, which isn't going to happen. That's not, I, I'm sorry, uh, Lurie, but that's not going to happen. I mean, he's going to be the third guy. He's not going to be the one. I would think. I so, would yeah. think, and there's a chance that somebody you know pushes him right out of the whole equation in yeah. general. Uh, but anyway, so it's it's Chuksakor for Kevin Dotson. Probably B.J. Finney to start the season, but we'll see. We'll Could see. be Kendrick I mean, that's Green. to be determined, but right. Uh, David DeCastro at right guard and Zach Banner at right tackle. I um, mean, especially early, or especially this season, center worries me the most. Yeah. You know, but I have a lot of hope for Green, but he's a third-round pick. Uh, she said, it's a bit of an understatement to say the offensive line will be an unknown this year. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think that is true. Uh, last year, since the run game wasn't effective, Ben Roethlisberger focused on getting the ball out quick, and so he led the NFL in at quickest average time to throw it, 2.17 seconds. Awful hard. I mean, you're not going to get home. <laughs> you're not going to get home. I would say, I mean, uh, they were better in protection than the run game, but they weren't asked to protect long. No. Yeah, I mean, no. That's, that's certainly true. Um, one note about the O-line, and we've talked about this, and it sounds like they're even kicking the tires on other dudes. I think it's a deep O-line. Yeah. I, I, there's questions. But it's I lacking in star power, right. but not depth. I don't think the second team O-line – is particularly bad. In fact, I think compared to the rest of the league, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, whoever no, that ends up being in some you know, regard. Um, she then says, James Conner had some issues last year where, where he wasn't able to see the gaps get skinny nor run behind his pads. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And he question. was their best guy. And he was by far their best yeah. guy. Like, I think we talked about this yesterday. I thought it was obvious when he was even at his best how much better he was than the other guys. But compare him to high-quality backs, yeah. it's still night and day. I mean, the gap from – not even talking about Najee. The, the gap from, I don't know, Kareem Hunt. So let's say Kareem Hunt's the 11th or 12th best back in the league. He's not the best, but he's good. To the best version of Connor was significant to me. Yeah. And the gap from Connor 
to everything else on the team was significant to me. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you could go up several levels of that position with Najee compared to what they've been playing with the last two years. Yeah, and she she has some videos here uh, with, attached with the story. This is great. This is one of the great things about the Internet. It's one of the things oh, we do at DK right. Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, you know, when Chris Carter's analyzing something, yeah. he can, you know, Here's he a video can, to back it he up. can show you the play. You don't mm -hmm. have to – you know, it's, it's so different than when you're reading newspaper. Yeah, which, and you're visualizing yeah. it in your head or whatever, right. You actually have plays that you can diagram what you're talking about. Here, watch this play mm -hmm. and, see, and see, watch how he does it. So there's several videos here of Najee Harris um, getting downhill. That. You can really make your point sound better by two plays. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. You can, you can pick out the, the, up, right? yeah, but the ones where it really didn't – yeah, this you're really right, right. worked well. But watching him, uh, you know, stick his foot in the ground yeah. and go uh, on a dime. Yeah. I don't care. We don't know what his 40 time really is because he didn't I run one. I don't really care, to be honest with you. No. Uh, he looks more than fast enough. Yeah, the speed's fine. Yeah. It's not going to be his strength. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't break off 60 yarders. Mm -hmm. Neither did Le'Veon Bell. No, no. What they did was hit the hole correctly. I mean, the more I think about it, neither did... Franco, Barry Foster, or Bettis, or yeah. any of the best backs in Steelers They're just history, decisive right? runners. Right, right, they are. And I think that's the thing that was lacking the most sometimes with Connor. I don't think he trusted what he saw a lot of times. I think there's some truth to that. I'm sure his body failed him at times as yeah. well. Um, one thing Harris is really good at that Connor's okay, but and it's a hard thing to see. Sometimes you have to slow down the tape. It's just some subtle moves so that he grazes off tackles instead of getting hit full right. speed. Um, you know, there, there's an art to that with smaller backs, bigger backs. I mean, sure, Jerome could, you know, really enforce, you know, bring a blow, but he was also nuanced enough as a left-right runner and he knew, uh, agile enough. Bill Cowher always used to talk about Jerome Bettis getting skinny in the hole. Right, right. You can't even imagine that skinny's not an adjective you use with no, Jerome Bettis. No, right? but it's a, the ability to slide through a gap yep. that's not big enough for you to slide through. And that doesn't mean or you're see turning, that gap. Right, right. That doesn't mean you're turning your shoulders perpendicular to the line of scrimmage right. and inching through like you're on an elevator with too many people or something. It's more like I can get through this thing – just subtly moving my body to get with some know, momentum moving forward without stopping yeah. my feet. And Emmett Smith's a great example. Yeah. Like Emmett Smith was a four six guy. Slow. I yeah. mean, he didn't run away from anybody, but he always got what was there and more. Always vision. You know, taking glancing blows instead of huge ones, but could still be very physical. You know, so that's a skill. And Marcus Allen's not the fastest, but he was great in short yardage. You yeah, know? he wasn't the most physical. You know, so a lot of these backs. That, those type of skills are really more important. Yeah, and she has some, some again, videos of, here of Najee Harris getting skinny or bouncing off tacklers or knowing just pinballing his way down the field like, okay, yeah. I'm going to cut left and I'm going to go right and I'm going to go left and I'm going to go right. And got, yeah. guys are bouncing off. He doesn't go down with the first contact. Rarely. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Chubb in Cleveland reminds me that way too. Like, his highlight tape isn't going to remind you of Barry Sanders or, yeah. you know, it's not jaw-dropping. Barry Sanders, to me, is the best running back in NFL history. I'm going to go Jim Brown, but Sanders be my two. I mean, I want, look, I, if I have – you give me – sit down, give me some popcorn, who you want to watch. Oh, he's number one. I'm watching Barry Sanders all day long. All day because long, right. You may stop – I remember one of my fantasy leagues one year, we're talking uh, in the draft um, – 
and some uh, the one guy was was drafting. He passed on Barry Sanders, and I'm like, how can you pass on Barry Sanders? I mean, and he says, oh, he's too too inconsistent. This after a season in which I, I believe he had t- ten consecutive hundred yard games. Yeah. During the previous season, I'm like inconsistent. He, he might be inconsistent carry to carry. Right. Yeah. But the production is going to. It's one pointer. If you give the ball to Barry Sanders twenty times, good things are going to happen. 13 of them, yeah. and something remarkable is going to happen in three of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, where he's just got – Not to mention his sporting cast. His highlight film – Is the best ever. It's, I mean, some of the, the runs and the ability – It's like a yeah. cat. It's like watching a cat run. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you're right. But my point with, like, Nick Chubb is his doesn't look like that. Yeah. And I think Harris is closer to the Chubb mold, you know, where he's going to do spectacular things, particularly as a receiver, in my opinion. Yeah. But I don't know that his runs are going to be – Super jaw dropping when his highlight tape gets put together. It's going to be really good. Yeah, but I think it'll be closer to Emmett or Chubb. You know those type I, of guys. Bell. What I don't expect is a lot of tackles for losses. No, I think that's huge. I think I think he's going to get you. Uh, if there's nothing there, he's going to get you two yards. You know, back to the point she made to begin with, and a million different people too. But the line's so bad. Okay, let's say the line's awful. I still think he's going to get back to the line of scrimmage. And maybe get one or two when nothing's when as, no as opposed help. to getting dropped for a two yard loss. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's I, a huge difference. That, and I right. think that's one of the reasons why I don't think Ben Roethlisberger trusted their running game last year. Right, and, and so I think a lot of times, okay, they got a run pass option called. It was really a pass option because yeah, he yeah. says I can throw this four yard pass here. But why am I gonna do that? Or I can give it to the back, and maybe he gets dropped for a two-yard loss. It's a six-yard difference. It's a six-yard difference. I know I'm going to complete the pass. Yeah. You know, right. And Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I do think there's a trust factor there. And hopefully, Ben quickly trusts Harris, much like Elway with T. Davis and, you know, those type of things, too. Um, the other thing, and we've referenced this a, a couple times, and, and Ian Hardis from Pro Football Focus brings it up a ton because he's their fantasy guy. And some of the best – Production from running backs last year were from the worst offensive lines. Yeah, you know, Minnesota is a great example. Like some, of, several of the top scoring fantasy backs came from really bad blocking situations. Yeah, and you say this all the time. Greg goes sell says all the time. The back makes the, the the line as much as vice versa. So you really think the the Vikings would have ran the ball well with Madison all year? No. You know, I, I mean, I, I went back and looked at it. I mean, they, they didn't. They, they you didn't. know, Madison in his starts averaged three point nine yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and the upgraded with the who carrying the ball matters. I, I know that there's some analytic folks that don't think it does. And frankly, I'd rather have a great offensive line than a great back. Sure. But it's also harder to find five great offensive linemen. It's much easier to find back. that back. I right, mean, it's, right. it's that conversation we had pre-draft that I, if I want to fix this thing, I want to fix the running game. Well. The running back's a good place to start yep. because that's an easier fix. And, and to be very honest... Doesn't mean you ignore the other part of it. Of course not. But if the Steelers were picking 10, 12, yeah. I don't think I'm taking a running back there. Right. I think I'm taking a premier blocker of some sort. Well, and because you also then would have had a, sh- a chance to get one of those other the right. top three running backs right. in the second in round. second round, and maybe you got Rashawn Slater in the first or something yeah. like that. Okay. That's, that's a different, different story. Yeah. That's a different story. And... and uh, maybe the days of Saquon and Zeke and Fournette going in the top five or ten are gone, but the first-round running back is not gone. And we've talked about this a million times. It, maybe there's 15 first-round picks in every draft or blue-chip guys. Yeah. You know, I'm not even blue-chip, but surefire first-rounders. 
maybe I'm not taking a running back in that group. But when you're consistently picking outside of that and you get Najee, the best back in any draft, and this, I guess, this applies to Kansas City last year too, for four years that's extremely cost-controlled, cost a franchise year where he's really in his prime, and maybe even a second franchise year, Yeah, that's six pretty cheap years of what you think is one of the best backs in the league. Which is going to, for realistically, you're going to be talking about six years at $40 million. Right. Somewhere yeah, in that range. For all six years combined. Or less. Right. Yeah. And a decent signing bonus, but no signing bonus in year five or six. Right. Okay. $40 million for a top 10, let alone maybe even better, back for six years, and then do it again after that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Go back to the well after yeah. that. Okay. Hey, they, as they say, you can find running backs anywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. It ain't so bad. <laughs> maybe, you've, maybe, you know, when you get you get the – I mean, the Steelers did this with Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. Mm-hmm. You get to the, that fifth year and you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to draft another one in the third round. Right. Maybe he hits. Maybe he hits, right. You know, and maybe he doesn't, but we're going to take a shot at it here. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got a Pro Bowl year out of Conner. And I do think – if Kevin was sitting here and you could give him truth serum, I think he had a plan to take a running back higher the last two drafts. And it didn't quite work out yeah. or they didn't think Claypool would make it. You know what I mean? Like not that they're I can't knock with, the Claypool pick now. No, I mean, yeah, no, they made the right choice. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna be a foundational player for a long time. Um, not that they're unhappy with McFarland or Snell. I still have a lot of hope for McFarland, but I think they planned on ha- uh, maybe a, a higher draft resources in those drafts. And it, it, you can plan it out all you want. You can't always play. I mean, it's the same thing at like tight end and some yeah, of these tight other ends positions. The other yeah. one, I think it really stands out. So what they do this this year, they said the heck with it. We're well, we're not doing that anymore. We're gonna go get those two positions that we've kind of shortchanged ourselves a little at. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you sent me was one of your little uh, nerd uh, things that you you got into. My was, nerdy spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, your nerdy spreadsheets. Uh, offensive plays per game. Yeah, you, you brought this up yesterday. Coincidentally, we hadn't compared notes yeah, on we that. We had the conversation did, about right. how Najee Harris can help the Steelers possess the football. Mm-hmm. Well, the Steelers, time of possessions, real quick. Time of possessions, wonderful, and it's a really good indicator. But if you come up the line of scrimmage slow and the clock stopping, you know, the clock's still running. That's different than the team that plays fast. I mean, a play, an NFL play, to me means more than 20 seconds of possession Yeah. because maybe I've run two plays in that time or one. You know, I mean, it's a physical pounding. I mean, those center had to snap the ball and block somebody every one of those plays. You to know your I mean? point with that, uh, Baltimore is actually one of the worst teams in, t- in, in plays run per game. Because the clock never stops. The clock never stops. They just, right. you know, they, they don't rush to get plays off. They just mm-hmm. kind of go up and, okay, we're going to run what we run. Right. You know, and it's, and it's usually a run. It. New England's pretty low too, aren't they? Uh, New England was. And my point with the Patriots is. Yeah, they were sixty-one point two. Baltimore sixty-two point eight. I like to use this example. I might be able to beat LeBron James in a three-point contest if it's the first one to two. Right. If it's the first one to a hundred, I'm not going to win it. Ever, 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 I could probably tell you that in a three-point contest, if he's guarding you, you're not getting the shot off. Well, no, we're just, we're just shooting like Larry Bird. <laughs> just shooting, right? okay. There's a chance I win, maybe one out of 100 times. If it's to 100, I'm never going to win it. But the Patriots, I think, are really low They played slow because they knew they didn't have the offense to do it. Because don't have any good players. Yeah. You know, so we're gonna, if we shorten this game and run less plays, we have a better chance of hanging around. And to me, that's a Belichick type of thing. So the Steelers— That's not what the Ravens did. No, They just played right. a different style. Yeah. 
The Steelers last year ran 66.3 plays per game. Mm-hmm. That was one of the top numbers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They threw a lot. They Despite were... throwing a lot, not running the ball at all. Right, 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 right. Um, the, the thing, And they were successful for much of the year, yeah. which people tend to forget. They had a lot of first downs. That's the thing. Yeah. Against, you know, the Steelers went 12-4 and four last year. You'd think they went 4-12 and 12, the way people talk about the season. You would act season. like it's a Jets offense or yeah. like Jacksonville's. I mean, look at the plays per game that those garbage teams ran. Yeah. They were three and out all the time. Defensively, they had 62.4 plays per game run against them. Yeah, on average. Right, right, Which, right. again, was one of the tops in the league. They were one of the teams that were good in both categories. Yeah. Uh, so their, their uh, plays per game differential was 3.9. That was tied for third best in the league with... The New Orleans Saints. Yeah. So what that means, folks, is on average, over a 16-game pl- season... Steelers are essentially running four more, more offensive snaps. ...than yeah. their opponent. Yeah. Which is a ton. It doesn't sound like much, but the leaders are at like seven or eight, and yeah. there's only one or two of those type of teams. It was the Chargers at eight. But it shocked me it was the Chargers. That yeah. was a, an odd finding, but, you know, such is life. They were. Maybe they played... I mean, there could be some things skewing it that they played more... Uh, overtime game or, or hurry up or yeah know, I don't know something like but that. anyway the Steelers were amongst the best in the league in plays per game differential that's what I was doing here and your point with your article yesterday was what if Najee and I'm not sure you even knew those stats when I you didn't did when it, he, yeah right, when you sent them yeah was well can Najee get the defense to play two or three less plays just because of his presence and the offense to play two or three more, you know, more plays just because of his presence. And I think the answer is yes, but you're already good at it. So right. So now it's even elite. Yeah. Now right, it's right, even right. more skewed. Right. Exactly. And you have an elite defense. You do. Right. So now that elite defense is playing fewer snaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe that leads to. I worry about the defensive depth, but that's yeah. less of an issue. Less of an issue because you're not you're not using that depth right. as much. And you're a really good pass rushing team that gets off the ball a little bit better now, and you're a little fresher. And you know, we've certainly seen this true for the Steeler defense the last couple of years, but with every defense, more defense is bad defense. Yeah, you know, fourth quarters go poorly for NFL defenses across the it board. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. Because sooner or later, the other team is going to figure out what you're doing and what it needs to do to beat yes. you. And the rules are set up for you to fail. It's hard to hold on. Yeah. It's hard. You I mean, pass interference the, penalties. Oh. They don't call holding, roughing the passer, de- uh, defensive holding. There's, there's only there's so a, many coverages we can run yeah. well, and they know them all. Yeah. You know, in Sooner or later, they're going to figure right. it out. You know, you're playing Phillip Rivers, or you're playing yeah. Tom Brady, or you're play, whoever it is. Think about the Niners in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. You know, they, they, were they played a great defensive life. game for right. three quarters. And then they're holding on for dear life, and they couldn't. Yeah. And this is an extreme example, but the Falcons' defense in the, their massive collapse against the Patriots, they were a very vanilla defense that yeah. was execution-based. And not that they got totally figured out because it, the Patriots hurt themselves a lot with unforced errors in that game. But you knew what the defense was going to do every snap. Brady's going to kill that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you, look, at the, look at the Steelers' game last year against the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Bills did nothing offensively in the first half of that game. Right, right. The Steelers gave them a gift touchdown at the end of the half mm-hmm. that made that a 10-10 game, if I remember correctly, at the half or 13-10. The Bills were in, yeah. in, were leading because of the, th- the touchdown that was an you know, interception for a touchdown. And then you're asking your defense to do too much in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and they, gave them, a great offense. they gave them points in the first half on a fumble. You yeah, know, there's just yeah. all kinds of stuff, drop passes. Kept shooting themselves in the foot offensively. Defensively, they shut them. They shut down one of the NFL's best offenses for a half. Yeah, 
Exactly. Realistically, you should look at it and say we should be up seventeen to three or something like that. And, and if you're up you're seventeen to three, it's right. a, it changes completely changes the complexion of the second half. T.J. Watts firing off the ball, yeah. not worried. You know, everything changes. Of course, playing with the lead's huge. The Ravens are the best example ever. Of that. Yeah, I mean, but the, the Bills kind of figured the, the Bills went in at halftime and said, "Hey, we got Stephon Diggs." Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. try to feature him here, and, this, and they come out and bing, 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 right down the field. And all of a sudden, the Steelers are in a hole. And they're in trouble. Right? And the game's, you know, but right. if, if it's 17-3 and, and Buffalo does that, offensively, you can still do what you were doing. Well, you could have handed it to Najee, and right. all of a sudden you're playing more snaps. You know, yeah. already made. Now the, fourth, now, the, now the third quarter's over. Mm-hmm. You're punching the ball in for a, a score or a field goal and make it 20-10. to 10. Different ball game. You're running more plays. The clock's ticking, and they have less time to do that. To yeah. You, you know. Again, I mean, that, that every Niners. team, you know, it's one of the things that you do to beat Tom Brady is you start shortening the game on him. Yeah, right, right, right. Like you make him stand on the sideline where you're out there possessing the football, and he starts looking at the at the clock, going, "Okay, I got maybe two, three possessions left in this game, and we're down two scores here. I got to go out and." And so maybe the quarterback then forces something that he mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily do. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, people think a week is a long time to prepare for a game, and you can install all these things. Compared to baseball and basketball, yes, it's a long time to prepare. But you got to get 11 people coordinated as one. It's really hard to install a new a new coverage because Brady's coming to town yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, it's one of the things Minka Fitzpatrick talked about when we spoke to him last week at minicamp. You know, they, they don't want – you know, they they, they got to have everybody on the same page. That's the biggest yeah. task ahead of them with new guys stepping in in the secondary and new roles. Sure. Is making sure everybody's on the same page. Yep. Because secondary and O-line. If, if three guys are playing one thing and the fourth guy's playing another. <laughs> we got problems, right? I mean, that's that's your Artie Burns problem. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, that, that I don't, it fly. wasn't to me that Artie Burns couldn't play the game of football. It's that he didn't always do what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. <laughs> that's a real problem. It's a big problem. Right. <laughs> you know, when three guys are playing zone and one's playing man, guess what happens? Yeah. Guys are running open for touchdowns. And multiply it <laughs> times 10 if it's in the secondary or, or O-line. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the problems are going to be great. You just can't have it. Um, where are we going here? But even like that Niners Super Bowl, that was a great defense. That's Nick yeah. Bosa and, I mean, an elite defense. At, their, playing, at height of their powers. The force so Buckner. Well. And, yeah. Right. And you mentioned Brady. I mean, if Peyton Manning can play 60 snaps of offense against the Steel Curtain, he's going to figure it out. The last 20 are going to be, okay, I know. They're a lot better. There's only so many defensive plays that you can run. Right. And And as we talked about with that defense, they only ran two or three plays. Mm -hmm. They had two or three defensive calls. That was it. That was it. They were just better. And that doesn't mean you can block Joe Green. Right. You know, I mean, obviously the Chiefs had that problem. But you could figure out ways – I know how I'm going to attack them now, yeah. and I know that I can, you know, whatever it is, I've adjusted throughout the game, and the defense only has so many adjustments they can make. The offense can adjust more, and the quarterback gets a feel. I mean, late in the games really favor the offense in today's NFL. That's one of the things that drives me crazy. But like, um, I'll get the, the comments sometimes that, well, the Steelers, did, you know, the Steelers didn't make any defensive halftime adjustments. Well, this, first of all, ninety percent of people would never know if they did. If they, yeah, right. But the other part of it is, if you, for example, that game against the Bills, yeah, you can't. You went out there and you shut them down in the first half. Mm-hmm. The bill, the Bills weren't moving the football. You played very good defense. You played very half. good defense. Yeah. What adjustments are you making at halftime mm-hmm. when you just shut them down? Not to mention, <laughs> defensive adjustments sound great, but how long's halftime? Twelve minutes or something. Yeah. Some guy's got to 
use the bathroom, get some water, relax maybe a an little IV. bit, maybe an IV, <laughs> yeah. check out a, an injury. Okay, you're not going to install cover two buzz, blah, 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 <laughs> during those 12 minutes yeah. because of what you saw in the first 30 minutes of the game. Well, that takes a whole week to get install these things. You're not going to just whip up a new defense. You may say, you know, your corner alignment, you should shade in a little bit more because yeah. they're running more in-breaking Those are the adjustments, yeah. Those are the adjustments. You're not going to rewrite a whole playbook. It's right. 12 minutes. Yeah. Like, come on, 12 you know. I mean, it's, you're going you're gonna to switch to something else that you've done before. Mm-hmm. And in all likelihood, the other team has seen that. Right. Or, hey, we Because they have the video. They, it's not, you're not throwing in something new. No, right. I mean – we practice this stuff all week. We haven't used this yet because we haven't had to. We're going to spring it on them now. Yeah. You know, great, okay. But sometimes that book's already been burned. You know, like you you sprung all you're going to spring, and you're still just keeping your head above water. Yeah. You know? So again, this goes back to my dorky nerd spreadsheet <laughs> in, in your dorky dorky nerd article that if you can still play, if you can play more snaps than your opponent, and they already did last year, if they can even get better at that. That's going to be massive well, for any team. I mean, and, you know, I, I would think their third down percentage should go up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll convert more of those third and ones, third and twos because they're I think their the short ball. yardage almost has to be better. I would think so. I mean, it can't. It can't. I don't know if they'll be better on third down percentage, but I bet on third and one and fourth and one they are better on in short yardage. Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, you don't even front. get to third down. Well, of course, but you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, you're, it's gonna happen. Right. But if you have a much better chance, even just the, the presence of a guy like that. Yeah. Okay. Now you know it's third and one before. Okay. Well, they got Benny Snell on the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we play this straight up, we probably stop him. Now yeah, it's Najee right, right. Harris in the backfield. We got to attack the line of scrimmage because he's more elusive. I mean, yeah. he's more subtle of a, a runner. He's not just going to bang right ahead into the wall. You know, who were the teams that were at the bottom of that list? I, I think it's the Jets and Jags. Jaguars, Detroit, the Giants, Seattle. Seattle's shocking. Houston and the Jets. And Seattle's on that list because their defense by far played the most snaps in the league. Yeah, 69.6 snaps defensively per game. And they, you know, all the let Russ cook stuff. Is wonderful. Midway through the season, they scrapped it because our defense is just getting gassed. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say is. We can say Pete Carroll's ancient, and but he's looking at the whole picture, not yeah. Russ's fantasy numbers. <laughs> you know, he's saying my defense is on the field yeah. forever. We're scoring thirty points, Russ's but we're going to give up thirty-five because the defense can't stop anybody. Yeah, so that's a great example. They really stood out. Obviously, the bad teams are going to be at the bottom of the list there, but Seattle's a good team that had a real problem with the defense is running way too many snaps. One really interesting team here that's at the bottom. Actually, two. Cleveland. 63 point. They were minus two. Yeah, that was a little shocked and by that. And Tennessee too. was minus 3.6. They're right Their down there with the Jacksonvilles the and the Carolinas and the Detroits. Yeah, yeah. There was two at the top that I was a little shocked about, too, was San Francisco and Dallas actually weren't so bad despite the unbelievable problems they had with injuries and stuff. On well, I think San Francisco because he's run the ball so much. Right, right. You know, um, with, with Dallas. I think that's promising for those two teams. Yeah. You know, because they overcame a lot. They probably overcame more hardships than they're going to have to deal with next year. You would think so. You would think. Yeah. I mean, Dak and all the guys that have been that were injured for those teams. Yeah. But that's going to do it for this show. Yeah, so, fun. for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Kellen here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.